Hi, I'm Chris Neosi, and you're listening to Bite. Welcome to Button Mash, Byte's premier editor podcast. Uh, this week we're coming at you a little early. Uh, we're talking about music this week, something uh, we usually don't talk about, but it's uh, quite a big passion for a couple of us. Uh, I am your host, Jake Dewan. I am the managing editor of Byte, and with me is... Um, I am Brianna Marble. I am the community manager of Byte, and this is actually my first Button Mash. Yay! Yeah, and, uh, I'm Chase Streetman, reviews editor, and next week is going to be the only Button Mash I'm not on. Ooh, I, what are we doing next week? I next forgot. week is you, Nick, and Lucas doing your oh, goodbye podcast yeah. for Lucas. Oh. Now I'm sad. <laughs> um, but yes, well, we're it's talking. A good thing you're sad because we're about to talk about a lot of sad music. Yes, yeah. we are. And because we're talking about music, uh, we've decided to make a little top ten list, and we're going to go around and discuss them. Um, top ten albums for the year. Yes, top ten albums of the year. We might get into some songs too later into the podcast. Um, so let's just jump right into it. Um, for my number 10, I had Young Thug's Barter 6. And Bree knows how much I love Young Thug. He's constantly my man crush Monday. I have <laughs> a little bit of a crush on Young Thug. And his music kind of surprised me. I'm not a big fan of this style of rap music, which is, I guess, not conscious rap, which is it's very much party music. But... When I listen to this album, I just like vibe out, and his voice just takes me away. It's so goofy, and like, it, it, he's so unique that I just like anytime I listen to a Young Thug thing, and he's released three albums this year. All of them have been just instantly listenable for me because he just has this. I don't want. I'm not going to do an intimidation of the voice, <laughs> but it's it's unique, and you should listen to it if you want to hear some like rap music that is like on the same level of Lil Wayne when Lil Wayne was good. I, like I'm not a big fan of party rap, but the way you described it, that's exactly how uh, Future's DS2 made me feel this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like Future too. But what was your number ten? Um, my number ten was actually Harmlessness by The World Is a Beautiful Place, and I am no longer afraid to die. Um, mm-hmm. I actually really only listened to this album because you put it on your number one. Um, I didn't really know what to expect, but I heard it and I really enjoyed it. Um, originally that spot was going to go to No Cities to Love. Yeah, Ooh, by Sleater Kenny isn't going to um, be on your top ten. It, it wasn't. I I really enjoy Sleater Kenny, <laughs> but I feel like anytime I listen to Sleater Kenny, it's totally in the wrong mood. <laughs> so it's hard to listen to it when it's in a great mood because I'm just so frustrated by when other people want to play it. <laughs> um, so I really enjoyed Harmlessness when I listened to it, and it feels like something I could listen to much more often. So I enjoyed it a little bit more. Yeah. What about I you? Got, my number ten was Blurry Face by Twenty One Pilots, and for me, it broke the top ten because it is for me a big thing is the idea that i'm going to return to these albums for years at a time Mm -hmm. and literally between my 10 and 11 spot that was the deciding factor like the other one i thought it was equally good i just can't see myself coming back to it but blurry face is just one of those things where it's just like every song on the album but one is incredible and i could see myself being like i want to hear this song in like three or four years what made the one song not incredible i have to ask um i don't know it just uh I didn't feel like the vocals were as strong, and the song is Hometown. I didn't feel like the vocals were as strong. I didn't feel I didn't connect with the lyrics because that's as big. A, that's a huge thing for me in regards to a Twenty One Pilots song, because every single thing in Twenty One Pilots, like it's 
I have an emotional bond to it. So when I didn't really connect with hometown, it kind of put it off of my like favorite things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was there any lyrics in Harmlessness that stuck out to you? Because you know how much I love that album. And there's a lot that like stick with me. But I'm interested to hear your take on that since you put it on. Um, I don't know if there were any that were just like blatantly stuck with me. I think the first one, when I was first listening to it, I was like, this is all right. I can kind of feel this. And then the Diana the Hunter line, like when I just heard that, it just like mm-hmm. touched my soul. And I was like, all right, I can feel this. This is like good and i continue to listen to it and i really enjoyed it so that's yeah, like, been like oh sorry like that's that's what i was gonna say that song is also on my top 10 list and january 10th 2014 is the one that locked it on is the song that locked it on there mm-hmm. just because of the lyrics like it's incredible and i mean just one they're artistically incredible two who doesn't love a revenge story of a woman hunting down woman murdering people that's mm-hmm. awesome and if you don't know like the backstory of that song it's based on a um this American Life episode about um, these buses in Juarez, Mexico that were these bus drivers that were killing women, leading them to be like raped and murdered in the mm-hmm. desert. And there was a woman named Diana who was taken. No, no, revenge. not actually named. Yeah, who t- who took the name? Mm-hmm. Who took the name of the Greek goddess and was like, "I am Diana mm-hmm. the Hunter. I'm going to hunt these bus drivers." Mm-hmm. It was. It's awesome. That was the first song for me when I listened to that album that like stuck with me immediately because. Yep. The world is a beautiful place, and I'm no longer afraid to die, which we will say that name fully We're every say it time. every single time. Um, that's been a band that's been with me since, like, freshman year of college. Like, them and Andrew Jackson Jihad have been the two bands yes. that have stuck with me the most. And, like, I, I love both those bands to death, and anything they put out always— I'm, I'm pretty hard on them, actually, because I love them so much. Yeah, you got to critique the things you love. It's mm-hmm. the whole Kill Your Darlings thing. Yeah, I have to be, and, like, they have— consistently like surprised me and made me pretty darn happy every time they release something um i can't say i've listened to that most of the 21 pilots thing i've listened to most of it but i haven't listened to the full album and i like what i heard uh Um, big songs for me are stressed out the judge and goner so those those are the big ones Mm, 21 pilots is something i enjoy passively um it's every time i listen to it i enjoy it a little bit more Mm -hmm. but just because i don't immediately feel a connection with it it's really hard to like just love it well see here's here's the big thing that's kind of hard for a lot of people a lot of people came in at vessel which i would argue is tied for their second best album their best album you literally cannot get anymore because of licensing rights it doesn't exist to be purchased anymore so like watch it on youtube or something find regional at best it's killer it's why what happened with the the licensing i did not know well they were independent and then they had a different publisher and then they switched to fueled by ramen and something that happened with the licensing makes it so nobody can sell regional at best anymore they can't even like put it up for free or anything no no one no one has the rights to it anymore i don't think wow i think it just it's just locked (laughs) wow but yeah so that's a killer album um on that album be concerned and uh slow town incredible Wow, okay. that's really, that's really sad to hear that like something like that would not even be able to be purchased. I but have it also no kind, idea. it also kind of exists in a cool way. Like we talked today about the Wu Tang album, it kind of exists in a cool way where the only way you're going to find it is by finding other Twenty One Pilots fans. Mm-hmm. That's it creates a sense of community. I don't want to, definitely not the same type of music, but I, that sounds like the Grateful Dead. How the Grateful Dead have been able to like stay around even though like their lead singer has been dead for so long. And is gratefully, that, yeah. Um, <laughs> That people pass around bootlegs all the time, and like that is such a fan connection for that band. Yeah, it's really and cool. it's pretty interesting. Um, I don't okay, know if you guys on to number nine. Yeah, number nine. Um, my number nine, Father John Misty, I love you, Honey Bear. Um, 
I did not enjoy his first album very much. I enjoyed his work with Fleet Foxes a lot. Oh, Fleet Foxes is awesome. Fleet Foxes is awesome. And I was like, I don't know if I really want to listen to this when I first got it. And I listened to it, and it was like an immediate, like, I love every song on this album. And uh, Josh Tillman, that's the main guy's voice, his voice is so, like, gravelly and, like, it fits this type of music. It's, like, kind of smooth, romantic style. Um, really nice lyrics, especially on, like, Bored in the USA and um, Holy Shit, that's a really good song. Um, okay, so I listened to that just today, and it didn't break my top ten, but I have some tremendous respect for the lyrics of it, specifically in the second song, because he is the most self-hating, narcissistic piece of crap ever but it's completely unapologetic in a very weird way and it's just like that really stuck with me like i the music didn't didn't hit me super hard but mm-hmm. god those lyrics i i loved that i fell in love with it he was on david letterman uh when he was promoting the album and he was playing board in the usa and it's, he starts out on a piano playing it and then he gets up halfway through and the piano keeps playing itself <laughs> 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 I love I that love when, when I first people do that. I loved when I first saw that and I was like, you know what? If if the rest of the album is just it's funny, it's sad, it's very as you said self-hating and very like, you know, dour, but it also has like a good sense of humor and it's just mm-hmm. a light light album. Yeah. But um See, now I feel surprisingly really light. That's actually one of the few albums I didn't listen to because I agree. I didn't like Father John Misty the first mm-hmm. time I heard him. So I was just like, I'm not going to like this. Like so I honestly didn't even give it a chance, so I feel really bad now. Well, I got lucky then because I um d- haven't heard Father John Misty's previous work. So mm-hmm. like I literally was just like, this is on Jake's list, and I see it on Jake's laptop all the time. I should <laughs> at least give it a listen. Yeah, I have a sticker yeah. of it on the, the front of my laptop. Yeah, the first album, he tried really hard just to be Fleet Foxes, and he wasn't it didn't feel like him. It didn't just work. felt like it was just an extension of something that worked better when it was with other people. Um, what about your top nine? Um, my number nine actually might be the poppiest thing on this list. I gave it to Fruit by Mariana and the Diamonds. Um, mm. Simply because I really love that album. I think a lot of what I chose for my top ten are things that I feel like reflected on my 2015. And I just remember listening to that all the time at home in late, like, late summer with my roommates. And like when everything was like coming back to like a normal state in our house. Um, so I just really enjoyed it. I feel like it has a lot of good memories associated with it. So that's why. And I... It was still low on the list. I really enjoyed the album. It's something I can't really listen to year-round. I feel like it's gotcha. permanently associated with that season. So mm. um, it barely slipped in there. So if it makes you feel better, I've definitely got some poppy stuff way down on my album. Okay. okay. Yeah. So it's not like – No, I know. Yeah. Like, I have no pop shame, but, like – Good. What okay. about you? My number nine was The Most Lamentable Tragedy by Titus Andronicus. Mm-hmm. And very specifically, this album made it into my top ten – because it so clearly channeled two of my favorite bands previously and then turned that channeling into its own thing. And that is it channeled the Dropkick Murphys and the Pogues, two of my favorite Irish punk bands. But then it just turned like, like they would go so far as to, in that album, literally cover a Pogues song. But they turn it into their own thing and it made it, it gave it a completely different feeling while keeping the same kind of tone. 
it I it was lovely. I like that album quite a bit. I'm sad that it was so far back in my top fifty. Yeah, I made a top fifty. <laughs> yeah, um, see, that's the thing. That, that's the thing you need to know about the difference between Jake and at least I. I don't know about Bree. Jake has a top fifty. Yeah, I have yeah. a top fifteen. <laughs> I, I only have a top ten, and this is my first album of the year list, and it's it's really not that solid. I was like, these are just the ones I really like today. So. But I love that album because I love that band so much, and like. To me, like I could talk about why I like that album so much. Like it has a con- a story mm-hmm. storyline to it. It's like this big epic play. But I will just say the song "Dimed Out." I Ooh, will bang my hands against my steering wheel every time that song comes on. When he starts counting out like uh, six is going from like five to six, just counting up. To me, like it's so cheesy because like no, so no, many no, bands I, I feel you. do that. But I get so hyped when I listen to that. And Titus Andronicus has probably the best. Uh, female guitarist in any band. She rocks. I've seen her in concert. I forget her name. I'm blanking on it right now. But I've seen her in concert kick so much butt and like is so raw and is so in, like, in your face. I love her music and her solo for that song is so good. <laughs> I love that song so much. And like the rest of the album is really good. I Lost My Mind. That's one that I will like mm-hmm. listen to and I will like. Here, wait. Let me pull up my uh, songs that are my key songs for that one. I uh, had No Future Part 4, which that just hit me. Like, I obviously I didn't listen to the previous No Future things that are across their other albums. Mm-hmm. But that one hit me as a really, like, um, a really lamenting a pause. Like, it felt like they were, like, there was something that should have been happening that wasn't. And that was the, and that was what was wrong with the, with that song. Mm-hmm. And that just really stuck with me super hard. Okay. I will say, um, one of the no futures I put on a mixtape for our old EIC Joe and I made him this mixtape just because I thought okay he might like this and it was the first song I put on there I completely forgot after I gave it to him that the chorus of that song is 50 times you will always be a loser and every and the whole band is <laughs> screaming this <laughs> the whole band just screams you'll always be a loser and like again that's a song that like hypes me up so hard but I was like in the context of he's that's the first song he hears me give it to him. Oh he's my gonna, god, that's <laughs> terrible. Have you talked to him about that? Yeah, I told him okay. I was like it was nothing personal, like really wasn't. Okay. I was like, you know, I'm sorry if that was the context, <laughs> but yeah, the No Futures are really, really good songs. Like all of them are really they all have some sort of chorus that, besides like the fourth one that kind of like repeats itself like mm-hmm. over and over and over again. Usually pretty self deprecating, like you'll be a loser forever. Yeah. Number eight. Number eight. Oh my gosh. Um, number eight. Uh, I always mispronounce like this band name. Owen Tricks Point Never. I think it's Onio Tricks Point Never. Onio Tricks Point Never. Garden of Delete. Also Bree's favorite mm. album of all time. I, <laughs> I really tried to give it a chance, but I just I didn't get it. Like I don't know. I like I didn't get it. um, Oni Tricks Point Never's music quite a bit. I first got into them in 2011. Well, it's just one person, Daniel Lopadin, in 2011 with a band called Replica, which he used a bunch of video game samples. He uses there's a song called Up that's just like the Doom guy, like the Doom. Oh, oh, and I love that song so much. And his next album, um, R Plus Seven, that's kind of one of the first albums that created vaporwave. If you know what that style of music is, um, but this album is just a mishmash of a bunch of different things that probably don't sound like they'd go that great together mm-hmm. but they work so well and that's one of the best things about him is that like he could turn something that sounds like just to most people I think would be turned off by the sound but like when you get into it it's so emotional and like raw 
and I just connect with it so hard. Yeah, um, like um, that song is that album is actually further down my list. And uh, the way I described it in my personal notes was it felt like a celebration of half thoughts and failed concepts that had all been blended together. And it was just like it felt like something that was so joyous and something that should be so solemn. Mm-hmm. And that just that really stuck to me. And additionally, it felt um like the only way I can think to describe the sound is heavy and jagged, which that just it was so unique that it kind of it made its way onto my list. Oh, yeah. It's if anything else, his music is unique and always like surprises me. Like I will always listen to his music because I wouldn't even though I might not enjoy some of his like EPs and stuff. It's just always like, wow, he's just combining all this stuff to make it sound so I can't even compare it to anyone. Um, but what about you, Bree? What about your number eight? Um, my number eight is actually Currents by Tame Impala. Um, when I first heard this, I was like, yeah, this is all right, but I didn't love it. Um, the more I've listened to it, the more it's definitely grown on me. Like, I was just, like, vibing out to it, like, a week ago. Like, I really felt it. Um, so it's it's definitely grown on me. Originally, I was like, no way it was going to be, like, on my album of the year list. Like, I don't like it. I don't know what all the hype is about. Mm-hmm. And to some extent, I do think it's it's kind of overhyped, but, like... I did. I have grown to enjoy it a lot. See, that's exactly how I felt about it, but I've only listened through it once because in this, pa- it's so hard to keep up with all media. In this past week, mm-hmm. I've listened mm-hmm. to I think seventeen albums, so I kind of just listened to the whole thing and just moved on. So now I'm thinking I should probably go yeah. back and give it another try. Yeah, I think it's worth another shot. Yeah. Okay. I will say like the one song, "Yes, I'm Changing," that got me through like three weeks after a breakup and I am emotionally attached to that song. Yeah. That's fair. But like that album to me, like it's further down, like in my top 50, like I think it's like in the forties because like, I like that album a lot. Mm-hmm. It just didn't feel like there was as much of a change between their last album and this one. And I really like their last album a lot. Lonerism because again, I connected to that album when it came out cause it was all about being lonely and mm-hmm. you know, social anxiety. I really like that album a lot. But... I too connect with social anxiety. <laughs> I do. I just. Mm. <laughs> what about you, Chase? What was your number eight? Okay, my number eight was Church's Every Open Eye. And that was. I had um, three pop songs that were in the running for. Three pop albums that were in the running for my top 10. And it was. Emotion was the one that didn't make it. Emotion by Carly Rae Jepsen. And to me, the two that I had to replace it, which was uh, Every Open Eye and later Art Angels by Grimes, just felt like steps above that album. Like a lot of pop music has the very same feel and Every Open Eye just kind of felt like it took a step above radio pop, which once again, I have no pop shame. I have Katy Perry on my iPod right now. Mm -hmm. It just, it felt like it took a step above and turned pop into art as a... I suppose, like, as an elevation. It gave some depth to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's it. It put depth where pop is usually very face value. Mm -hmm. I love that album quite a bit. I love Lauren Mayberry. Um, She is gets so much crap online all the time. One of she is harassed so much online. Um, Their Facebook is constantly they they will post people's messages that they get sent all the time, and it it feeds into the lyrics of the album about just like these people, you know, leave a trace is a really good example of that um, where it's just talking about like pe- pathetic like people like harassing her or like Empty Threat is another good song off that album. Empty Threat and Bury It are my top two and mm-hmm. I think both of those kind of feed into that though I wasn't aware of that happening. Oh yeah, she constantly gets harassed online and yeah, if you check her Facebook or Twitters, they will 
because they have to shame people who like constantly harass them. Um, what what is it about them that? Um, Lauren Mayberry is an outspoken feminist. Oh, um, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. We, can, we can move on then because we know. I will say, funny, like, aside about churches, I saw them at the Pitchfork Music Festival this year, and my parents were also there. And we were sitting you're and the, I think you're the only person in the world who took their parents to Pitchfork. I, my dad wanted to see Wilco that night. Okay. So he, the, you go for the whole day pretty much. And my mom was sitting there, and she's, like, listening to churches, and she's like, you know, every song sounds the same, but she sounds happy. And I was like, I, I dig that. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, you know what? You, I think I can tell the difference between the songs in the live setting. You kind of can't. But I was like, you know what? That's that's a good that's a good sign because they were playing songs off that album. Well, no, that was actually like one of my few things that I wrote down about every open eye was that it felt like a cohesive whole, but that also came at the cost of me remembering specific songs. Mm. Yeah, like. I listened to it all in a row, and I couldn't really tell when one song ended or another did, but the album was really good. How do you feel about the male singer on on there? I like him. I like his singing on the first album. His one song was kind of like the one song on that album. I was like, eh. See, like I said, like, I really don't remember. <laughs> I, remember I remember the experience of listening to the album. That's the thing. He, yeah. So it's like, Every single part of it, like, it's hard for me to focus on the lyrics of Church's songs because the voices sound so much like just another instrument to be part of the mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. I think that's a lot of the reason I didn't enjoy it so much. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like listening to it in the background, and I can enjoy it. Like, I think it's really good, but I didn't love just, like, listening to it. Like, it's not something I would want to actively listen to necessarily. Okay. Hmm. I can I can feel that for sure. Yeah. It, it's one of those ones that might fall apart under intense scrutiny. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay, number seven. All right, number seven for me was Neon Indian Vegeta Intel Night School. Um, th- Neon Indian was like this band that, again, I did not much care for before this album, but I heard, okay, he's trying a new sound. It's no longer this chill wave, you know, thing that was super popular in like 2008 and whatever. Um, and it's probably the album that gets me like grooving the most. Like it has so many like cool synth melodies and stuff. And it's also probably one of the funniest albums. Um, probably a highlight for me in terms of music this year is a song called Smut, where he says the name of the album like in the lyrics, and very faintly you hear someone in the background say, hey, that's the name of the album. <laughs> See, I, now I need to listen to this album because I, I didn't hear this one because that's literally exactly what I would do listening to it. be like, oh, he said the thing. <laughs> I, there's so many like little moments like that. They're like buried <laughs> underneath, but it's, <laughs> it's so funny. And like Glitzy Hive is a great song. It's so like dancey. I know Savannah, if you're listening to this, you know how much we love that song. Savannah better listen to this. It's Heck all yeah. it's all music and all us. <laughs> but it's just so groovy and even the album cover of like him like standing. I don't, I don't think Groovy's been used to positively describe music for twenty years. I and I, I, I think no, I and, really I, and I love that it is. I love that that I just, just happens. It's just so dancey and like I'm pretty hard on dance albums because usually like to me like I'll I'll move to it, but then when I dig deeper into it, I'm like this is pretty shallow. There's there's some good lyricism on this. It's some good like technical skill for sure. Um, it's definitely shows that he's just not like this one trick pony, which I thought he might be because he had some good songs in like. 2008 or whatever but I didn't hear like something that stuck with me and this whole that's album a, that's always a concern stuck with me whenever I hear a new artist um Bree what about your number seven um uh, my number seven this is kind of the last of things that was kind of iffy on um I did Firewatcher's Daughter by Brandi Carlisle I really love Brandi Carlisle when I first heard her because I actually first heard her because I thought I was going to go to her concert for my internship this summer um she decided she did not want any 
media people there, so I was not allowed to go, and it broke my heart a little bit. But then um, more people I knew started to get into it, and I heard it a lot more. But, like, hearing it broken, I didn't necessarily enjoy it so much. Like, individual songs are good. But, like, actually sitting down and listening to the album, she has such a killer voice. And I really do, like, just love her. What mm-hmm. kind of music is she? Um, It's kind of weird. She has – it's – it almost has, like, a folky country thing to her voice. But it's such a powerful voice. And, like, the backup music is by no means like that. It's really powerful. Interesting. It's really good. Yeah. What about your number seven? My number seven was Garden of Delete by Oneo Tricks Point Never, and we already discussed why. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, like, have you heard any of his music before that? No, see, no? that's the thing. That I um, actually thought about that while I was listening to it. It's like, I like this, but it's not necessarily the music that's making me like this. So I'm actually kind of afraid to go back and listening listen to more of his music because I'm afraid that this is going to be like this one, like, personal lightning in a bottle thing where it's like I love the concept of this and the execution I will and I see it more as an art piece rather than a piece of music I will say all of his albums while they do have similar things that unite them there's like glitchy vocals you know kind of mish, mishmash like sounds they all have a different feeling like I said Replica uses like a bunch of video game and like old school 80s commercials mm-hmm. for like it's vocals and I feel like that one's more about like nostalgia and like all this other stuff and like his next one R plus 7 that's just kind of a I don't really like that one that much it's just a like a noise collage type thing and that really doesn't have like it has it has a feeling but it's not like a super it's not like Garden of Delete where you can like pick it out yeah um it has a great album cover though look that up yeah I like Okay, there were like two or three albums this year that the album cover is 100% what drew me to it, and that doesn't usually happen to me for music. One of them was Garden of Delete, one of them was Depression Cherry, and one of them was Harmlessness. Like, oh my god, those albums are incredible. Mm-hmm. Is there any album covers that stuck out to you, Brie? Um, I actually really agree. I really love the Harmlessness um, album cover. I think that just, like, I love it. I also really love, um, later in my list, I have Dilly Dally. Um, their album is sore and like I think the album cover really does a great job of encompassing their sound like it's just so like raw and I think it it really caught my attention I like the uh, deer hunter not the deer hunter but the band the band deer hunter yeah yes which I love that I love that I made this complicated by introducing both of you to the deer hunter (laughs) there was a discussion about this amongst my friends oh deer hunter and I'm like no 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 the deer hunter the the thing is I've noticed that you can actually clarify by the way you pronounce it because it's the deer hunter is different than the deer hunter yeah Yeah. (laughs) um but i really like the deer deer hunters with two e's fading frontier their album art is actually featured in the ball state museum right now um it was an original photograph that's in the ball state museum right now you can go look at it like the original print and um my probably my favorite piece of album art is this jeff rosenstock album work we cool with a question mark and it's a picture of his car after it's been just, like, totaled in an accident. Someone hit and runned him. And I believe the story is someone left a note with the phrase, we cool, like, <laughs> on the windshield. And it's just, like... Oh, I the, didn't know Jeff Rosenstock had a new album this year. Yeah. No. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> it's really good, too. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> I know what I'm doing right after this. Yeah. <laughs> but I just love the album cover so much because it's just, like, so, like, passive-aggressive almost. <laughs> <laughs> do you, think, just do the, you think the guy who did that saw the album? <laughs> I would hope so. Because, I mean, like, yeah, the back of his car is completely totaled. And, like, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> it's, it, it always makes me laugh looking at that. Um, yeah. For my number six, I had Earl Sweatshirts. I don't like I don't go outside. Um, 
I have been a hit or miss fan of most of Odd Future stuff for a while now. I'm pretty much now on the fence of I don't like any of its music besides <laughs> Earl Sweatshirt. And it's because Earl Sweatshirt has depth and he has he's making rap music that I don't normally hear, very introspective and dark. Very he's a very depressive person and he do, he is depressed and like hearing his music like making him like this this album was definitely like it's good, it's great. But it's it's very much uh, a lot of just stray thoughts and like his rap mm-hmm. is very you know it might not connect all the way. And this might be a bad com- comparison because Little B does not make very good albums. <laughs> but Little B has Praise this B thing. To the based God. Yeah, Little B has this thing where he will just rap and like what comes to his head and he'll make it kind of string together. And Earl Sweatshirt kind of has that same style, but it works better because he actually has like something he's talking about and it's not just words. Like Little B kind of raps sometimes. And this is a dark album, and I really enjoyed the dark like turn because his first album after he came back, Doris, it was very much like not poppy, but like kind of happy, and he was not in that state of mind. Mm-hmm. Like there are really good songs on that. Like there's this song about his grandma dying and a fan like coming up to him saying, "I hope your grandma dies soon, so like you can make that music," because he was spending time with his grandma instead of making music. And like they make that song sound so poppy, and I know that wasn't his choice. Like obviously, that's a that's that a horrible. Be, that wouldn't be the artistic decision. Yeah, would that would not be an artistic decision at all. And this feels like him like taking the reins. This is my artistic vision. I don't care if it's sad or like you don't get it. I'm going full, and I respect it a lot. See, that's really interesting because one of the big things for me that I've noticed, because like despite like I have problems with rap, like the way that. The way that a lot of the lyrics and a lot of the um, motifs are, I have a problem with them, mm-hmm. but I listen to a ton of it. I had, You don't hear much rap that's you would describe as depressive. Mm-hmm. Like, you see, you see a little bit of it in To Pimp a Butterfly this year, and, the, like, the, the only classic piece of rap that I can think of that I would describe as depressive is Tupac's Thug's Mansion. And other than that, you just really don't hear that. So that's really something that sticks out this year. I think a lot of the time it comes down to this idea that like that's not the type of music rap can be yeah, that, exactly. pe- that a lot of rap fans have in their mind that like rap music has a certain it's, it's really macho is yeah the thing. it's supposed to be macho it's supposed to be you know you're not supposed to show weakness you're supposed to you're supposed to fall into those you know misogynistic type things of yeah. like treating women certain ways and like mm-hmm. money and cars and, and all the this problem stuff. with that isn't that that happens because that's the classic thing of my art reflects my reality mm-hmm. and that's that's a thing however you see a whole lot of it go to my art is a hyperbole of my reality that is presented as reality to my listeners, and that that becomes weird. But like th- this, like that, because I did listen to this album this year, and it just barely didn't crack my top ten because I kind of don't want to hear it again because it was very dark. Mm-hmm. I can feel that. It was it was killer. I I loved it. Yeah. Um, Bree, what about your number six? Uh, my number six um, was actually Act. Yes. And reprised by the Deer Hunter. Um, this is something I completely never heard of. And just this morning, I was finishing up, <laughs> like listening to the last few albums on Jake and Chase's list that I haven't hit yet. This was on Chase's list, and I just heard it, and like just just touched a little part of me. And I just I really loved it. It's like it's it's still like kind of modern alternative. Like it's mm-hmm. still really relevant, but it does like kind of hit my little like old school emo heart as well as it's still really funky. Like I just enjoyed it. It mm-hmm. mixes in like modern alternative some folk some folk mm-hmm. punk elements but then also it goes way back to like 
the what you think of when you think of like Victorian England, like the soundtrack to Victorian England. So it has like a very unique sound to it. And then also one of the big things I love about it is that all of the numbered albums are a continuation of the story of the deer hunter. That's the whole point of it. And this specific one, I just I just loved it. One thing that kind of like when I first downloaded it and like I was list- I, I was I have not heard the Deer Hunter before and I was like I want to listen to this because Chase really liked this album. I thought I was getting into a metal album based on the cover. Mm-hmm. I did. I thought I was getting into no, some no, metal I music. No, no, I get that. And I was like, okay, I'm, I got no one. No one else draws from like the plague era motifs. Mm-hmm. So like the first song kind of like threw me off. I was like, okay, what? <laughs> and like I really liked it. And not, I'm not saying I don't like metal music. I do like metal music, but like, but that's not what you were prepared. That for. was not what I was prepared for. And it was like a good thing though, because I was like, I was going into this thinking, you know, this is going to be some hardcore metal music. It's going to be like really emotive. And like it was emotive, and it was like. Kind of hardcore, but like it was not metal music. Mm. It was it was like you said, like folk punky, and like draws a lot from like Victorian style. And I really like that album a lot. I wish I would have heard it sooner, so I could have put it like on my list. You still could have. The whole reason I told you about it was just so you would have to repost at least one half of your top fifty list. I was I hoping it would that. hit. I was hoping it would hit your top ten, so you would have to repost both. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, it probably would like make it somewhere on there right now on the top 10 on the, the top, top 50? 50 top 50 yeah for where, sure where are you thinking because i just want to get a feel for <laughs> your appreciation i would probably it. put it in low 30s okay okay yeah pretty close to 20 i i really enjoyed it I, I it was one of those things where like i like being surprised that's probably one of my favorite things is like that's why i like listening to so Boo. much new music <laughs> <laughs> is that whenever i get surprised by something like i know certain bands will be good like mm-hmm. I, but like when i'm surprised by like a new band or like a band i don't like that means more to me than anything because like I've, I hear so much music and when something surprises me it like sticks with me almost yeah, immediately for the record this is a big moment for me because this is the only time I've ever recommended music to Jake that he hadn't heard <laughs> because yeah, I liked it yeah. well yeah because the thing is like I'll recommend music to Jake that he might not have listened in depth to and I'm saying you should give it a more of a chance this is the first time I've ever I've ever had a band that Jake didn't even know and it it, it oh, I'm so happy about it because like it, it the, was a good recommendation you are 100 for 100 in terms yes. of recommending music to me. And I'm very happy about that. Um, yeah. What was your number six? My number six was Depression Cherry by Beach House. And when I started on those 17 albums this week, I went through um, Carrie and Lowell and um, Currents by Tame Impala. And both of those just kind of fell flat on me. So I was kind of, I started off like getting bummed about this endeavor to listen to all the albums that I hadn't gotten through. Mm-hmm. Depression Cherry was the first one that's like, I'm going to listen to this for the next decade. It was, it was such a good album. It was such a mellow album. And it just, it stuck with me. Like, I'm so happy with it. I will, I will put my thoughts about that later on. Because I have a lot of thoughts to say about it, but I that was the one I was most happy hearing that you you enjoyed. Because I was like, you know, I can handle not enjoying Carrie and Lowell as much as I do, or like Currents and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you know, it might not be known, but I enjoy the music of Beach House mildly. <laughs> Jake is wearing like, as he flexes yeah. his Beach House T-shirt, um, and like it's so well known how much Jake loves Beach House. So I really, really, really <laughs> wanted to get into Beach House, but like. I, I didn't. I I really enjoy listening to it in certain moods, and it definitely grows on me each time I give this album a chance. But mm-hmm. it's it's definitely not my fave. I guess okay, so I just want to say, like, I have a, about a paragraph for most of the songs on my list. All I have for Depression Cherry is love. <laughs> <laughs> like, and for me, Bluebird and uh, Wildflower, those two songs in a row, 
it just kind of locked it in as this is going to be on the top ten for me. Mild aside, the 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 like solo during Wildflower, like in towards the beginning, mm-hmm. is probably one of my favorite moments from that band, and I I have a lot of favorite moments from that band, but just like it feels like in the best way possible, I compared it to like a mall piano like band. <laughs> You know, just playing and like that's the way it made me feel. I was like, I'm in a mall and it's like this expansive place and like this solo's just carrying me through all the shops. I, I love his aesthetic. <laughs> <laughs> I you love all pianos. Beautiful image for me. Like I wanna oh, go back God. and relive this with you. I wanna be like a nineties mall. When you come over you. on Saturday, you said you like the album cover for Depression Chair. Yeah, I will it, let it's you gorgeous. I will let you see the, the, the uh do you know what the record how the record was made? No. The record is the the sleeve is made entirely of uh, velvet. Ooh. Yeah, and it's it it's so okay. cool. Yeah, it's cool. so cool. Um, number five. Number five. Um, this is kind of like a weird pick. I don't know very many people who heard this album or listened to it. It's but actually it, Barney's 2015 <laughs> album. Let's hear it, folks. <laughs> it was something I wanted to get into because it is a Gary, Indiana artist, and I live in in the general area of Gary. He lives within stabbing distance of Gary. <laughs> and um, I, I I like to support like local music in terms of where I am from. And I was happy to see this album like take off. It got like a best new music for Pitchfork. It got a bunch of really good reviews. It's Jaylen's Dark Energy. And she is a Gary, Indiana footwork, uh, electronic footwork, which you don't know what footwork is. It's like kind of like a very beat-oriented like electronic music. Um, yeah. I don't know. DJ Rashad is like a really famous beat work uh, type of producer, but uh, Jalen, the the artist, she works in the Gary Steel Mills, and this music is like based around like what she hears and what she's experienced working in the steel mills and like this very macho area. She's a woman working in this very macho you know environment, and you know um, there's one song on there called Guantanamo where she uses "Mommy Dearest," and man, that thing knocks me on my butt. <laughs> being censored, um, every time I hear it because I'm like, wow. My goodness, like that is such a good song, and yeah, not, I don't listen to a lot of strictly electronic music. That's one. That's one like field of music I'm not super well versed in. But whenever I do listen to electronic music, I like it, and on this one I liked a ton throughout the year. It reminds me of home whenever I want to listen to it. I really disliked that album. <laughs> See, like, I go ahead. Uh, no, you go. Okay, go, go. I was gonna say I actually enjoyed it. I was worried because I listened to this after Garden of Delete and just looking at them, I was like, "This is gonna be like on that level. I'm not gonna enjoy <laughs> it." But I actually really did enjoy this album. I thought See, it was. Neat. I felt the same way about this as you did about Garden of Delete. <laughs> it didn't really feel like it was anything to me. Yeah. Like to me, like I have a natural predisposition against the beatwork, footwork, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Kind oh, of music, footwork, yeah. Because to me, it just feels like this is the first half of creating a song for most artists. <laughs> and then it just feels like it stopped. Like I'll give you Guantanamo was really good, but mm-hmm. the rest of it, I just, I'm, eh. it I reminds could, I me. I wanted to like it. <laughs> it just reminds me of home. Like it, it, this is what it's like driving through Gary and going past the steel mills or like going past Lake Michigan. And like, it's cold and it, it just feels that is like 100% true. It yeah. sound this at uh, this. If there's anything that can be said about this <laughs> album, it mm-hmm. sounds like Gary. It does. Mm-hmm. It sounds Which, that's good or bad, depending on how much you like Gary living there. I have to like it. And I that's find, not true. <laughs> I find the beauty in it. I don't like it. <laughs> going to visit my grandparents there who somehow made it to 80 and Gary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what Show about you? Brie? What, what was your memories. top five? Um, my number five was Earl Sweatshirt. Uh, I don't like oh, it. I don't go outside. I really, really love Earl Sweatshirt. I just, I really do. Um, 
it's like a recent thing me enjoying hip-hop and rap it's definitely been a, a journey for me drake and, yeah <laughs> drake is like god i really did not like drake for a long time but like hotline bling got me um, living where you live i'm surprised i know it i know all of my roommates like have posters of drake they have a drake matching drake tank tops like they love drake and i just i didn't like them but Earl Sweatshirt was one of the first, like, rappers, like, hip-hop artists I was really able to say, I really like him. Like, <laughs> this is cool. All right. Yeah. What about you, Chase? What was My number, number five? five was No Closer to Heaven by The Wonder Years. And in terms of actual music, this earned, definitely earned its way onto my list. But this also has a bonus just for me because it's what started getting me really hard back into punk music this year. And I needed that. God, it, it's awesome. <laughs> the Wonder Years is so underappreciated. Mm-hmm. I never hear them talked about when it comes to like punk music now. Well, yeah, and... because they're like on the they're on the fringes of punk. Like it's not mm-hmm. they are not like a pure punk band by any stretch of the imagination. But they're very punk influenced and they have a whole lot and they have a whole lot of that undertone. But the big thing for me is that this album actually has my song of the year, which is Cigarettes and Saints. And that song just was like, well, this album's the best thing in the whole world now. Mm-hmm. Just because of that song. And that's not to say the rest of it wasn't also super strong. Like songs like Cardinal and Brothers, oh my god. I really do like The Wonder Years. I need to get back into listening to their newer albums. You do? This album's incredible. I, I, I'm one of those people who listen to like their first year. I'm like, these are really good. And then I just never went anywhere with it. Um Earl Sweatshirt aside, I saw him a year ago, and it was again at the Pitchfork Music Festival. And um, Jake, I just remember you hate the bands at Pitchfork. <laughs> I just remember he pointed to someone in the audience who was being really mean, like pushing people, and he said, "Your name's Sandwich now." <laughs> <laughs> and he said, and he's like, "I want everyone around here. This guy, this guy's being a jerk. You don't call him by his name anymore. You call him Sandwich." <laughs> I love them. <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, okay, uh, I, I love that. I'm going to make a change to my list. That album is now my number one <laughs> because of Sandwich Story. <laughs> and, yeah, he took like a Snapchat of everybody screaming Sandwich, too. That was, is so yeah, funny. And, like, I love that. It was, he has a lot of – that's one thing about Odd Future that I, I, I like is that they have a sense of humor and like there's, there's a, a, a sense of fun. Sandwich. <laughs> so your name is Sandwich now. Like of all the things it could have been. I wish his name was like Sam though. Like Sam. He came out. He came out to like every rapper. Um, like if you go to a rap show, they they have a DJ, mm-hmm. and the DJ usually plays like a, a couple songs to get people hyped up, and then they they play like a song to let the rapper come out to. He came out to "Don't Stop Believing" by Journey. Yes. <laughs> and had everybody sing it. Like when he came out, he's like, "All right, let's do this," and like. That was just so much fun, and that's like hysterical. I, it was it was a lot of fun, and like that's that's one of the major positives about him is that like his music is definitely not super fun, but he's you know someone who you know is complex and like he has these fun moments, but also like the music mm-hmm. hits you hard. Um, I guess on to my number four, um, a band I don't much care for, but I guess you know they they managed to crack my top four. Um, Beach how House you... with Depression oh, Cherry. Okay. I was gonna say, how can you not like a band and it make its way here? I I, I have no real. Again, <laughs> he's tugging on his shirt, yeah, rubbing yeah. his tummy. <laughs> um, uh, Beach House released. He's rubbing his tummy because he's so sick of hearing about this yeah. band. Uh, I, mean, I, I just hate Beach House so much. Yeah, you know? Stand in my toes. At um, Beach House released two albums. <laughs> 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 I'm really glad you got that. I was worried that was just going to be like an awkward, like, nobody responds on the podcast. Bri, you need to be on more of these. Yeah, thank you. I would love to be. Um, Beach House released two albums this year, Thank You, Lucky Stars, and Depression Cherry. And I put Depression Cherry towards the, I mean, Depression Cherry in the front and Thank You, Lucky Stars in the back because 
at the time, Beach House had not put out an album for like three years. And usually, I know this, they put albums out every two years since 2008. And I was like, when am I getting the new album? When am I getting the new album? And like, I don't know, it hit me at almost the right time. I just broke up a four-year relationship. This album comes out like almost a week later. And I was like, you know what, Beach House, you were waiting for me, weren't you? You (laughs) (laughs) And like, really, this just, this is one of those albums that just like, I think the timing hit me the most. (laughs) And just from the right, like from the first few seconds of levitation, Mm -hmm. I'm like lifted every time I listen to this. And Sparks is such a good like shoegazy song. Um, Beyond Love. I I get like goosebumps thinking about the guitar solo at the beginning of that song. Okay, wait. I want to know your opinions on PPP and Space Song. Space Song has like a cute little like robot um, beeping and like, effect that I really like a lot and PPP um, I like that song a lot because it reminds me of their work on Teen Dream which is one of my favorite albums by them and it's very much you know that album was very dreamy mm-hmm. even though like you can say that about a lot of Beach House's music it's very dreamy but like dreamy. that song in specific that song mm-hmm. specifically was very ethereal I yeah. would say yeah and Days of Candy is probably my favorite like closer yes. um, this album just like mm, I want to I want to just wrap myself up into it Sleep, sleep in a nice blanket of depression cherry every why night. Why don't you just wrap yourself up in its velvet yeah, record? Yeah, <laughs> I'll like just a buy a bunch of row. bunch of the records and then just sew them together. But no, this this album, you know, I'm yes, I am a Beach House fanboy. But even then, I am super hard on them. They have to like do something to impress me, and they every time they manage to do it because it's like the wait in between. I forget kind of like what they. You don't you don't get oversaturated with. Beach I House don't get albums. oversaturated with it. Even though they put out two albums this year, I was not oversaturated. I'm going to have music for the next few years. I hope they don't make music. Honestly, even though I love them, I hope they take their break. I hope they take a nice long break for after releasing two pretty outstanding albums this year, and I can just like let this waft over me. I think it's a bold claim, but I might this might be my favorite Beach House album, and you know this is someone who considers all their music to be like super great but this might be my favorite one just nice. because it, it just connects with me so hard um what was your number four brie uh my number four i'm um, going back to soar by dilly dally i i can't remember how i came upon them i really can't i think it just happened upon me on spotify maybe a bikini kill like radio i don't yes. remember but i just i love them and i feel like it's just really raw 90s punk but it has a depth that a lot of raw 90s punk really didn't. Mm-hmm. And they definitely have something to say. And I feel like just listening to it reflects back on like 2015 definitely wasn't a bad year. But there was like a lot of like weirdness about it. And there was a lot of tension in it. And I feel like this did a really great job of relating to me um, with what I really feel like 2015 was. And mm-hmm. I just really love lady pop or lady punk singers. Okay, so oh, yeah. I have a problem with Brie because she waited until today to tell <laughs> us about this this incredible band. Because this, this album, based just on what I listened to today, absolutely would have broken its way into my top ten. I specifically loved um, Desire, I yeah. think the song was. Mm-hmm. And it's just... I get what you're saying about how, like, they absolutely had more to say than the people who inspired them did, Mm -hmm. which that's just lovely. And not going to lie, I think it has to do with being a girl punk band primarily because, like, uh, grunge is, like, super macho. It's like the rap of rock. Mm -hmm. And it's just like it was it was cool to see a not super macho approach to grunge. Mm -hmm. I really appreciated that. Mm -hmm. And she has a killer voice. Yeah, she does. single song. And to some extent, I almost feel like it's overdone, but she just has this crazy, like, blood-curdling, like, growl. She just starts so high and brings it back Mm -hmm. in. And it's just, 
Mm-hmm. It's like really cool to just hear her like pound it in. Uh, absolutely. What about you? What was your number four? My number four was Harmlessness by The World is a Beautiful Place and I Am No Longer Afraid to Die. And like I said, the song about uh, Diana the bus driver hunter, that really got me. And then also Rage Against the Dying of the Light, which uh, the best thing I read about this album that really stuck with me and really explained the way I felt about the album was that it's an album it's an album about addiction. Like that that is a that is a key a key feature in the album. And there's an old parable about addiction that um, a whole bunch of people will come by and try to give you ideas on how to get out from outside of the hole. A whole a bunch of people will berate you for how to get for trying for how you're getting out of addiction or for getting in the hole in the first place. And I heard it said that this album is the friend that climbs in with you and says, I've gotten out before and here's how you do it. And it's just like that really stuck with me. And that's really how it felt to me. And that it, it made it a whole lot stronger to me. Mm-hmm. Is this Diana? I love that part. That part again. That song it hooked me immediately, and like the the part where she comes in, and she's like, "I am several women. Mm-hmm. I am revenge." God, Every so time good. I hear that, Chills. I just get goosebumps because I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, have you seen the music video for it? Yep. That music video is just amazing. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Ah. I see the video. I gotta go back. Oh, it's about um. It's primarily um the when. What I interpreted to be interpretations of the women who had been murdered being uh, fellow huntresses with the Diana. Oh my god, this sounds and so it's killer. it's so cool. I love it. The last thing I'll say about the Diana thing is that the the um, this American Life episode that it's we, we based can talk on, about it forever. It's so good <laughs> that this American Life that it's based on that episode ends with the the exchange about like, um, are you Diana? Are you afraid of me now? And the bus driver, the last line of the thing is the bus driver saying, well, shouldn't I be? And that, again, yes. like, it, it's so good. It hypes me up so much. And, like, just the fact that, like, that's such an interesting way to make a song, mm-hmm. to take bits of, like, a news story. And, and, and I didn't even realize that's what it was. Like, you really do need to send me that afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't know. Yeah. It's, it's the, the whole entire story itself is amazing. And, like, it's, honestly, there's been four or five songs based on that. Um, that, story. that story, yeah, and they're all really, really. This is probably the best one. I will say. You're at the have drive, to also send me all of those other songs. <laughs> at the drive-in has like a really famous version of it, um, and another band has one. But yeah, this is probably the best version of that. Um, let's make a bite playlist. We should bite yeah, let's Spotify. Do that, actually. Bite yeah. Spotify. Yeah. Well, why don't I mean we are literally right now doing a thing about our right? best. We, let's each just choose our just favorite song from each of the top ten albums. Let's do it. Yeah, okay. let's do that right okay. after this. Okay. Um, I'll tweet it out for y'all. Yep. Uh, my number three was The Mountain Goats with Beat the Champ. And this was a record that I did not like when I first heard it. I love The Mountain Goats. I own probably more Mountain Goats records than any band besides Beach House. And the reason I didn't like it at first was because I don't have a connection to pro wrestling that much. And this is and an entire important. album that's important. based around pro wrestling. I will say, and I, I'll try to keep this as like not not bum anybody out because I don't like to do that. But my grandfather passed away over the summer. And before he passed away, he was kind of losing his memory a little bit. And the only memory he could attach to me was that, and this is this is 100% not true if you ever look at me, he thought I was a professional wrestler. <laughs> he, said, he said that he was training me. And he said that 
the thing that always sticks out to me is like I was like grandpa I, I never I'm not a professional wrestler you know I can't do this and he's like you're not there yet but you're gonna get there yeah I'm gonna say that's a sign you need to get into professional wrestling that's the way all my family was like you need to get into professional let's wrestling box. now so I've like I'm actually trying to get into boxing I've been right trying now for years let's do yeah. it yeah let's do it right. <laughs> but the whole time I, I'm, sh- I'm sure my wingspan won't make a difference in us boxing together <laughs> not at all the uh, the scary. whole um, <laughs> <laughs> the whole uh, journey with my grandfather this summer this was pretty much my soundtrack to it because it, if I didn't connect to it but then I would listen to it and I was like okay I get the whole wrestling thing because like he loved wrestling like not pro wrestling but like wrestling yeah. and there's there's that you can connect that to the song too and like I just think about him every time I listen to it and like the, the song um, The Legend of Chavo Guerrera about a guy who you know just wrestles with his sons and you know wants to have fun with them and like that just I love that song so much like just personal connection I know like this album probably is on this and so high on this list, and maybe not because of the music so much, but the things I have attached to it mm-hmm. that really like get me every time I listen to this. I think about my grandpa and like that, that time. Mm-hmm. But like it just—I mean, "Heel Turn Two is such a great song, you know, about a, a wrestler not wanting to to die in the ring, and then they. Probably my favorite um, funny song is this song called "For an Object" on there, where it's about um, a wrestler who, in wrestling, you you don't so much like punch each other you kind of just like cut each other with like little razor blades and he was so and this wrestler is so mad at another wrestler he's going to stab him in the eye and it has the line in it um i personally will stab you in the eye with a foreign object and it, john darnell's voice is just so polite about it and i just love that song so much but yeah i love this song just because it reminds me of a, and this album because it reminds me of a grandpa and i'm not a professional wrestler yeah <laughs> putting I, that out there yeah i um Jake actually introduced me to the Mountain Goats last year with All Hail West Texas, and I really loved that. Probably and, on my short list of favorite albums ever. Yeah, and this this album just kind of fell flat for me, kind of for the same reason as what you just said. If you don't have that kind of person, I, I don't blame anybody for not liking this as much as I do. You, If you don't have that personal connection to wrestling, I, I, I really would just say you, you probably aren't going to get it. You probably aren't going to. Even without that personal connection to wrestling, I actually like really enjoyed this album. Um, you did? The Mountain Goats are something I've always kind of known about. They've always been like in my peripheral, but I've never actually like listened to them. So I guess I've never had anything to compare it to. So just sitting down and listening to it, I was like, I could feel this, and I would like well, totally look into it. If you li- if you liked that one, you would love All Hail West Texas. Then all right, All Hail West Texas, because that because that one has a high yeah. barrier of entry. Mm-hmm. All Hail West Texas. If you like the sound, you're gonna love it. Oh yeah. All right. Uh, what was your number three, Bree? My number three was To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. Um, it's not anything I think we have to discuss a lot. Like, everybody knows why this album was so huge. But I know a lot of people actually didn't want to put it in their top ten or didn't really like it that much because it's not easy listening. Um, Screw easy listening. I was going to say, it's yeah, maybe that's, you that's can't listen to it every day. But, like, you Screw that. Totally, I could listen to this album every day. I was going to say, I can enjoy it a lot. Um, I, I love listening to it. I think it's a really great album, and it just... There's it deserves the recognition it's gotten. There's not a lot of albums that I feel like, okay, this is going to get super cheesy, but this is the only comparison I can think to make. It's like a piece of holy text where I can look at it on a different day and get a different lesson from it. Oh, yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's an important album. There's so much to it, and like mm-hmm. I don't think you can listen to it enough to really just – get it like yeah so and it's definitely it. that conscious rap that like it mm-hmm. that <laughs> I, I love it and i'm i'm probably the only person here who my opinion of it definitely faltered throughout the year i still enjoy it but it it i definitely consider it to be like a classic the first time i heard it and then like it slowly kind of went back down to the human realm as the year went on. i still like it i still can't get over like the certain songs on there that are just so 
I don't want to hear them again because like you, you when he's like screaming and crying basically mm-hmm. at the end of that song, like the first time I heard that I was sitting in my bed and I was just like my eyes I could not blink. I was like this is this <laughs> is amazing, but it's so personal. Mm-hmm. Um, I love I, the way the it's different from the single version. I love the way that song ends. Um, the first time I heard it with Mortal Man. With, with the interview with Tupac, I was like yeah, blown that, away by that. There's little moments in the album that just like blow me away. That right there, yeah. we need to talk about on like a cultural level, I think, because if either of you are familiar with Sam Cooke's God in Code, it talks a whole lot about at Coachella how they resurrected Tupac as a hologram and it was kind of the grossest thing ever because it was a bunch of white people making Tupac speak in a way that he wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, This felt like an act of reverence as opposed to an act of celebrity. Okay. And that just, it just hit me so hard because it was like, it's not immediately apparent that it's Tupac anyway. It's not like beating you over the head. It's not like him saying it's Tupac. Mm. It's just two people talking and one of them happens to be Tupac. And him wanting to read that last poem to Pac, that, mm-hmm. that broke me the first oh, yeah. time I heard it. That was tragic. The poem is the thing that carries me through every time. Even though I might not like this album as much as everybody, that poem and the way it's like, interwine between all the songs you get a little bit more of the poem you get a little bit more that just carries me through because it's such a amazing like poem see jake actually psyched me out about this album because (laughs) i listened to it when it first came out and i fell in love with it and then i kind of let alone for a while because it is heavy and i just kind of wanted to digest it and then jake tells me recently yeah every time i hear it i like it a little bit less and i was like oh god Am I not going to like it? And I listen to it, and Wesley's theory comes on, and I'm just like, thank God. It's it's better. It was going to end up somewhere around six or seven on my list. It's coming up soon. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I've kind of avoided listening to it too much because I know it does get really heavy and really difficult mm-hmm. to digest. So. I think it's – people compare it to Good Kid, Mad City, which I like more, and I, but I, I oh, understand – Good Kid, Mad City is awesome. Good Kid, Mad City is awesome, but I understand why. Good Kid, Mad City is an album you can sit down, and there's – jovial parts there's you know there's a well i mean there is in like say i'd say the one that's closest to jovial is i Mm -hmm. and i love the what i's saying Mm -hmm. i like i can't talk enough about like that song in particular of just like loving yourself and being tricked by you know this world around you you should just hate yourself that's i I don't personally, obviously, I don't get that on like my personal life. I don't, but like hearing him talk about that, it's just like, wow. I, I've not heard an artist like speak on this before, and it's just so engrossing and important. Like you said, important. One of the big things that struck me about this album was how much it remind. I can't, I can't remember which Tupac album it is, but it is the one that has Thug's Mansion on it. How much the religious imagery that you don't often hear in rap or in modern music that isn't praise or country, mm-hmm. how the religious imagery was used, and it's like, um, I really loved that. Like specifically in All Right, which All Right is absolutely the music video of the year, hands down. Nothing mm-hmm. else came close. But, like, um, the moment where he's discussing temptation, he's like, yo, my name's Lucy, I'm your dog, can live at the mall. Like, that line, I was just like, oh, okay, this is a very modern interpretation of temptation. And it was just like, I loved seeing that kind of thing. Side note, did you see what President Obama's favorite song of the year was today? What was it? How Much a Dollar Cost by Kendrick Lamar. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the president's backing you up on this one. Thanks, Obama. What was your number three Okay. Chase. My number three was Art Angels by Grimes. 
And this is the thing that I would argue is like Carly Rae Jepsen's emotion times two. Because for me, it was exactly as artful in the music, but then the lyrics and the emotion behind them really stuck with me a whole lot more. Like, specifically the songs that I have down for it, because they, like, I listened to them like eight times that night, were Scream and Kill V Mame. Those songs, it just like, I loved the pop influence of everything, and then the darkness of those lyrics. It mm-hmm. it was such a, a welcome juxtaposition for me. I did not connect this that much with that album um, because I felt like it lost a little bit of the lyricism for me, That which I like. I, I do think there's good songs on there. California is a great song. Kill V. Mame is my favorite song on that album. Well, it's not, it's not so much the lyricism for me. I should say more accurately the vocals. Okay. Because for me, um, specifically with Scream, the lyrics in that one aren't incredibly deep, but there are moments where it is literally just screaming, and there are different kinds of emotions that you get from each scream, and that just really, like, it, it, it hit me hard. I felt like, and I do like it. I do like the album a lot. It didn't appear in my top 50 because I felt like it was a step back in a certain way from her last album, Visions. I haven't heard her last album, just to, a disclaimer. I listened to, the, Visions is an absolutely amazing album, and... But the lead up to this one made me worried because she says the two songs that got most famous off Visions were Genesis and Oblivion. And she said, those are the type of, I don't like that music. I'm sorry I made those songs. And Oblivion, to me, is a really emotional song. It's about her being, she was attacked at night. And, you know, this song is about her finally being able to go back outside after being attacked at night by this man. And, like, the music video for that is absolutely amazing. She goes into a bunch of male-dominated spaces. She goes to, like, a racetrack and just films her there and, like, the way people react to a female being there. Okay. Um. Well, this is... God, there's so much I need to do right after this. <laughs> and it's it's really good because, I mean, like, a lot of people just pass her by. They don't, like, ignore her. Or, like, some people are very rude. They'll walk right in front of her camera while she's just shooting and something. to be clear, she would very much stick out in these spaces. Because mm-hmm. she is Absolutely. a petite, punk-looking girl. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I liked it as a pop album, but I felt like it lost some of that that edge. You're talking about Art Angels. Yeah. I like Art Angels. I do. But, like, compared to, to Genesis, which is why it didn't make it, like, onto my list as much, mm-hmm. was because I felt like it lost some of that. She was re- Visions has some really emotional stuff, and like, there's some emotional stuff on Art Angels, uh, but it felt more like pop to me. See, the thing about the thing about Art Angels that got me so much was that I felt like there wasn't a con- complex breadth of emotions, but I felt like there was incredible depth in the anger and sadness that's portrayed, and I really appreciated that. I liked um, the last song, Butterfly, quite mm, a bit. Good one. Um, and I, again, I don't think it had anything to do with like what she was saying, but it just like it was such a good pop song. Like I was Grimes to me. I don't know why Grimes isn't more popular. Well, I, I think it's because her lyrics are a bit off-putting, mm-hmm. and it makes it hard to swallow once you actually realize what's being said. Have you heard the song she made for Rihanna? No. That no. Well, maybe it's called Go. Rihanna didn't want it. Rihanna didn't want it, and she made she did a music video for it. And it's a really good song, but. It, I can obviously see why Rihanna did not want this song. Like, it does not fit Rihanna's, like, style. It's very much, like, it's darker, and it's... it's yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really I, good. I, okay, just to make a comparison, my favorite thing in the world is 
um, profanity next to um, really jovial words. Mm-hmm. This feels like that in music form, <laughs> and I love it. I might have to give it one more listen just to make sure I'm not just – I, I hate when I have to compare There's, something yeah, to see, something that's, else. Yeah, see, that's the thing. You, when you make a comparison, mm-hmm. you're automatically devaluing one of those things. So I might have to go back and listen to it again to see if it if it really wasn't just connecting with me on that reason or if there was something deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, Number okay. two. Number two. For me, this was two between two albums that I, I gave 10 out of 10 to this year. Um and it was really hard for me to pick like one between the other. But I finally came down with number two being the album that hit me in the darkest point of my year and number one being the album that hit me at the moment I was getting out of that. And the darkest point and the album that like hit me then was Sufjan Stevens, Carrie and Lowell. Um, just, it feels almost too personal to like listen to. And I'm not even talking about lyrics. I'm talking about like in certain songs you can hear him hitting the keys on the piano with his fingers. Like the the fingertips. You can hear like the air conditioner in his apartment going in in the shadow of the cross you can hear that and it's like he's talking about the death of his mother uh, who he did not know he only met her twice and like songs like fourth of july which is a made-up account of what he would have done if he would have met her before she died um should have known better is probably my favorite song like of the year and it's close running because like that song is just like all these things he sh- wish he could have done with his mom. It's it's so personal and like I love Sufjan Stevens' music a lot. His little voice kills me. Why do you gotta hurt me with your little voice, Sufjan? <laughs> your your whispers they hurt. I wish I'd liked this one <laughs> See, like actually, so much. That's my number two too. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think it's a, a really intimate album and I think it's just really beautifully done like it, it feels so like delicate but mm-hmm. still so like, mm-hmm. moving it's really i just loved it yeah the thing for me is i i thoroughly didn't enjoy it i in no way am under any illusion that it's not a brilliant album mm-hmm. it just so far wasn't for me that i couldn't judge it accurately i it just it, it's one of those things that i like i love Sufjan steven's work and his last album before this one was called age of ads and it was an electronic album and I like that one, but I was like... I get the feeling I might like that one better. You might like that one better. There's a lot more, like, um, experimentation going on. And it's like, there's one song that's 24 minutes long. It's really good, called Impossible oh, that Soul. That always intimidates me. <laughs> you always got to get through those at least once. If yeah. you never... Uh, side note, last year there was a band called Swan... Well, there's a band called Swans. And, like, I really don't like them. <laughs> but... <laughs> I really don't. Shout out to Swans. I hate you. <laughs> Swans is some of yeah. Swans is I do not hey, like. Check out, check out our podcast. You got a shout out. <laughs> I do not like Swans, but I last year they had an album called To Be Kind, and it had a thirty minute song where Michael Gira and I do not like Michael Gira, the lead singer. He's like sixty something years old now. It's just screaming for thirty minutes. I hate this band so much. <laughs> did you listen to the full thing? I had to listen to it at least once. You didn't once. have to. Jake is so dedicated. I'm dedicated. I, mean, I, get the, I get your dedication. There's No one's making you do this. It's just, I. you know what? Yeah. People who like Swans, it's one of those bands I'm like, do you really? You, you know, really I get like this on Swans? a different level because I watched Mulan 2 because I had to get through it. Like, <laughs> I had to watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Longest song I've ever listened to is Deathbed by Reliant K. How long is it? It's 14 minutes and 18 seconds. I'm going to say, Ooh. I don't think I've listened to anything more than like 12 or 15 minutes. The, like, the longest song I've heard is the G- the Degeneration Loops by William Binsky. It's an hour and two minutes long. 
But that's one that like I recommend everybody listen to that at least once in their life. Do you know what that song is? This is like such an aside, but do you know what Say that it song again? is? The degeneration the The Degeneration Loops? Yeah. Okay. No, Basically I, William familiar. Binsky was this he's he's still he's a composer and in late two thousand one he was trying to transfer over all of his old compositions to digital. Okay. And he was running tape through a uh, machine to like digital digitize them. And he realized the more he ran the tape, the more music would fall off. Bits of the tape would fall off. So like if he ran it for an hour, the entire trumpet section of his orchestra would just fall off. And the music would still continue. So what he did was he ran this little loop for an hour. And throughout the hour, you hear the music just falling apart. You hear like specific parts of the band falling. You you know you lose sections of the music. I'm in love with that idea. Yeah, and it's amazing because he completed it on September 11, 2001, okay. and was listening to it on his roof when the he lived in New York when the attacks happened, and he kind of set his camera up like, and it's supposed to be. He kind of connected the idea of like music is so like it falls apart. It's not stable. Mm-hmm. Just like you know the world you know is falling apart around him. And it's really, really good. I recommend everybody listen to that at least once in their life. Obviously, it's not music that you know, work out to or nothing, but it's one of those like experiences. Challenge accepted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll work out to that. <laughs> it's and a I'll really get, good one. And I'll yeah. get slowly worse and worse <laughs> as, the, as my workout goes. Um, but it, back to my number two, yeah. Carrie and Lowell, um, Should Have Known Better, has like my favorite like switch where the first half of the song is talking about what he should have done with his mom, and then it switched to like it go it, it hits that piano part. And then he starts talking about his brother's daughter and how it looks like his mom and like all this stuff. Fourth uh, of July, uh, we're all gonna die. That song gets me. Um, John the Beloved continues Sufjan's uh, track of: Is he talking about Jesus or is hmm. he talking about being openly gay? Nobody knows. Why not both? Why not both? Why not both? No one knows because Sufjan doesn't tell people, and I fully respect that. But uh, it. Songs like that open up that discussion of what is he talking about, and I really like that discussion because he's kind of comparing John the Baptist's relationship to Jesus as his relationship to somebody else, cool. and yeah, I love this album a lot. It just, mm. what about you, Chase? We kn- we know what Breeze was. Uh, What's your number two? My number two was Kendrick Lamar's "To Pimp a Butterfly." To pimp a butterfly, and we've already talked extensively on oh, it, yeah. so we can just go on and just know that it was a tough decision between my one and two. How close were you, were you between your one and two? Um, I don't know. Like, it was one of those things where I don't have a reason that one got above the other. It was all, it was all feeling. So, like, I spent a while trying to come up with an objective reason, and I realized I didn't just have one, and I just kind of listened to them again, and I was like, it's this one. Like, that's just it. Just it. It probably just came down to sound. Mm-hmm. Because as wonderful as To Pimp a Butterfly is, it has some disjointedness to it that plays into the overall themes but isn't as good to listen to. Mm-hmm. So that might have been it. Okay. okay. Number one, albums Number one, of the year. My album of the year. Um, I have been doing like album of the year lists since about oh, – I think the earliest one I have is like 2010 on my Facebook. And – this year, I can honestly say this is the one. Every year it changed. I go back and look at those lists, and I'm like, that's completely changed. You know, mm-hmm. I, I feel completely different about this now. I feel probably the strongest I do about this album being number one for you me. You think it's going to stay your number one I for years I think it's probably going to stay number one for me for years to come. It's it's probably going to have the same st- staying power as something like My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy did in 2010 for me. No? I'm not familiar. 
Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, Kanye uh, West. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, you know my feelings about, you know my problems with rap, and you know Kanye is all of them. True. Okay. So my number one was this: The World is a Beautiful Place. I am no longer afraid to die. Harmlessness. Sorry, what was that band again? Yeah, the world is a beautiful place, and I am no longer afraid to die. Which Harmlessness. We, which we've talked about extensively yeah, because yes. every, everyone loved everyone loved this album. Basically, if I'm going to boil it down to, this was the album that like I feel like brought light back into my life somewhat. One of the best memories about this album I have is when I was in D.C. over uh, a trip I had with a couple of people. I was listening to it. I was walking around looking at the monuments. And the perfect example I have to like describe this album was there was this light, the street light, and all the other street lights were on, and this one was off. And I like was walking up to it with Aiden. I'm like, why isn't it coming on? And I was like, all the other ones are on. And he's like, maybe it'll just come on whenever it wants to. And like I was, I was going to take a picture of it. And I have the picture on my phone, and I was going to take a picture of this one street light that was off, and then it turned on, like as soon as I took a picture of it. And I was like. I don't know why that just stuck out to me. I was listening to the album and I was like, "This is this is it. This is this is the thing." The light just suddenly came on, and it was only for a second. It went back out, but I was like, "That's all it needed." Was I got the picture with all the other lights on, and like I love that. And like, <laughs> no, I I really respect like having that. Um... I I I will show you the picture afterwards because it, it kind of gift almost because I took the picture with the light off and it just turned on. So, um. Yeah, everything about this album I love. I love Willie for Howard, a song about one of their friend's dogs that passed away. That was um, I Could Be Afraid of Anything, love that song. Mm-hmm. Um, January 10th, 2014, I mean, uh, we've already talked about how great that song is. I love the opener. I love how it builds from, like, one person to, like, the whole band coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is, like, the album that has the most energy. It gets me hype. It gets me, like, feeling good. This is an, It feels like a family coming together and like singing and just like making you feel like yeah I got this this album honestly um it made me genuinely surprised that they haven't seen mainstream success yeah like there's nothing incredibly off-putting about this album I would I would put it up there with like something like blink 182 or something like that where it's like this could totally be like in a hot topic and like yeah i people would you know love blink this 182 is having a new album next year yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how i feel 2016 is travis barker on it relevant somehow that's what matters well, i think we're really gonna find out if they're relevant when that album <laughs> well yeah but like they're relevant enough to be like talked about now mm-hmm. yeah. but yeah I, I i don't get no why either i i think maybe they they do have some weirdness to them their album before this was a spoken word poetry album yeah, yeah. Um, and the album before that was a like prog kind of uh, post rock album. Okay, so I, they, under- they... I understand now. I'm surprised this album hasn't seen mainstream yeah. success. Yeah, yeah. someday you'll I get that. Yeah. Um, but I I do hope they they continue on um, making this type of music. And the fact that I'm ending my college career with this this band and like I started it with this band, I feel like it's come full circle. They've been with me. It just feels nice that like. I have them to listen to on the way out. Do you think that they just don't want to have to say the band's entire name on the radio? <laughs> there was, I remember there was like a controversy over the fact that like, there's a lot of people in this band, but most of them were like, are there more people in the band than words in the band's name? No, but there's been, I believe active <laughs> members of the band, active members of the band. No previous members, people who've worked on it. Cause every album they have new members. Okay. Come on. So it might there might be more members, but I remember there was a controversy over like some of them wanted just to be called the world is, 
and like the founders of the band were like, no, we are the world is the beautiful place, and we are no longer afraid to die. Like, we yeah, want I, that. I mean, the entirety of the name I feel like is important. Mm-hmm. The world is is like you don't get everything out of that. Yeah, I feel like that would be the kind of move that would really only exist to pursue mainstream mm-hmm. success. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that would kind of water down what they're doing. Yeah. Because I feel like as I would, I can't imagine the band The World is putting out a an album that's spoken word poetry. <laughs> Good I spoken can see word. That coming, that's I, great. I can see that when, coming from The World is a Beautiful Place and I am no longer afraid yeah. to die. When that, when that uh, poetry album came out, they said, you know, people were hating on that. And they said, you know what? 2016 Harmlessness is coming out and it's going to make you poop your pants. I won't say that. <laughs> the word. But they said it will make you poop your pants. And you know what? Pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> pretty close to 2016 and pretty close mm-hmm. to poop. Yep. Yeah. Pretty close. Pretty close. All right. What was your number one, Brie? My number one was Sound in Color by Alabama Shakes. Brittany Howard is just amazing. Like, there are not words to describe her and her voice. And it's amazing just listening to it. But not only are they the album of the year, and not only is she amazing, but they are the best concert I've ever been to. Again, I got in for my internship at Girls Rock Indie, and some lady stole a shirt from a non-for-profit organization, and I was ticked. That's so, this story. Okay, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. So we set up early, and we went and got, like, kind of bad seats, but we snuck our way up, and let me. there was, like, not a single offbeat moment. Like, there were moments where the whole band would stop, and they would start again, and not a single person was off at all. Like, it mm. was perfect, and it was breathtaking, and you felt it in every ounce of your being, like... It was really, really amazing, and I, I really just, like that album. I a lot. can't express how much I love her and Alabama Shakes and what they do. Yeah, see that that feeling. That's how I've always felt about Twenty One Pilots concerts, which oh, okay. is part of that big bond there. Mm-hmm. I can feel it. Yeah, but yeah, I did like that album a lot. Minor aside, one thing that frustrated me about the Grammys, and I know like Grammys are stupid. I shouldn't care about they them. The Alabama Shakes are not in like best rock category. Yeah. Slipknot and. Uh, another band are in the best rock category. Did Slipknot make an album this year? Say, yes. Did Slipknot Slip, do anything? Slipknot made an album. They, did Slipknot ever stop being bad? I, <laughs> I don't know, but they put um, Alabama Shakes in the best alternative, which is always like the, the big throwaway category. Mm. They'll probably win a bunch of stuff. Alternative oh, is okay. equivalent to indie at this point. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a genre that's not a genre. It's, mm. it's I don't, un- really I don't understand you. what this is. I hope that they win album of the year. I really do. I do. They Alabama deserve... Shakes like completely deserves to win that or or, or Kendrick Lamar. Out it, of the options, I think Kendrick will get it. I I feel like Kendrick like... deserves it, but Taylor Swift is nominated for everything Kendrick is and that's the safe choice and I've never oh, yeah. known the Grammys to, to Yeah. Well, see, I'm the reason I have faith that Kendrick might actually walk away with that Grammy is the fact that he didn't get snubbed on the nomination like we all expected he would. Mm-hmm. I feel like the nomination is going to be that are going to be like we nominated him. Oh, gross! You're right. Yeah, we nominated. Gross. Them. That's always know. what happens with these. Type I feel of things. like Kendrick Lamar has a lot of support in like big things. Like it would be hard to give it to him when Taylor Swift is such a safe choice. But I feel like there are so many people who are supporting and talking about Kendrick Lamar right now. Like he made a lot of top albums. Like I think NPR is fighting between like him and. Alabama Shakes right now. I hope they, I, I do hope he wins. I hope they don't go with the safe choice because it's someone. Taylor Swift's album, like, God, I, I love that album. Mm-hmm. It's not in this. It's 
it's little league compared to major league yeah. baseball right mm-hmm. here when yeah, we're comp- yeah. when we're comparing uh to pimp a butterfly in 1989 mm-hmm. like I, I love taylor swift i yeah. think she does yeah. a lot of good like again with girls rock you don't know how many little girls came in here saying i'm a feminist and i want to learn how to play this instrument and yes. start a band because of taylor swift that's every awesome every single one of them loved her so i don't care that she's like a white feminist i mean i do but like she still does so much yeah mm-hmm. She's she's a really good role model. It I steps think, in the right direction it for sure. Yeah, is. and like again, I don't have anything. I love Taylor Swift, but I'm I was just saying like usually it's the safe choice that people go with. Mm-hmm. But what was your not safe choice for number one, Chase? My number one choice was Act Four: Rebirth and Reprise by The Deer Hunter, strictly because like every single part of it was so enchanting. It's such a different thing. Like, there's no other band that I have heard in a decade that's doing anything like what the Deer Hunter is. And that's it's so unique. And, like, the idea of a rock opera being extended across multiple albums to tell one story is so cool. Like, <laughs> God, I, j- I just love this album. I love this band. And they deserve so much more recognition than they get. I if anything if it's based off anything I've heard I'm definitely going to be going back and listening mm-hmm. to this band more because they really surprised me mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed like this might be one of my favorite like new bands I've heard this year and all thanks to you yes oh, yeah. thanks mm-hmm. to you. yes but yeah that's 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 a pretty good like selection of music like it was not no one had like one specific type it was all pretty I thought this was a pretty good year for music last year I didn't I didn't think it was as strong as this year and it was a lot of what was your number one last year my number one last year was the hotel year um i forget the name of the album no place like home they i got to see them we drove all the way to katie made me so jealous when she was telling me about that in somebody's basement and it that's the best place to see anyone there were so many pipes you couldn't even like really stand but it was like an absolutely amazing experience I love that really so cool. much. I'm so sorry you couldn't have been there. I know. I was so jealous when she was telling me about that. But, yeah, last year, I mean, like, that number one album, I don't think it, w- it would have cracked my top ten, but I don't think most of those albums last year would make it on my top 50 mm-hmm. compared to this year. I just thought it was a really strong year. A lot of bands that came back and, like, made music that I wasn't expecting to make music, and then new bands were really good. It was just all A whole lot of innovative stuff this year. Yeah. That's what I really enjoyed hearing. And, like, I hope that's, that like, that streak continues. I mean, next year – is there anything you guys are looking forward to in the future that you've heard come? Doesn't Gwen Stefani have a new album coming yeah, out? Yeah, she does. Yeah, she does. I'm pretty stoked about that. See, I I, I'm like, I'm really terrible about actually following music that's go- that's coming out. I basically like hear about stuff in passing and I mark it down as this is something I need to listen to in the mm-hmm. future. Mm-hmm. So no, I don't have anything I'm looking forward to because I had... I spend all my energy making sure I'm keeping up on games and movies. I can't really follow books and music, too. Mm-hmm. You know Blink-182 and Gwen Stefani, <laughs> so those are your two to oh, watch for. That's, that's all I know is people <laughs> who kind of shouldn't still have careers. Well, you can think about that. That's not knocking Gwen Stefani or Blink-182. Blink, Blink, Blink but I think they had their place and they had their decade, they and it did. is not this one. All right. That. Well, that is our... Uh, album of the year's list whoever Um, edits this one has some serious bleeping to do has some serious bleeping to do um but thank you for listening uh i am jake doolin uh with me is i am brianna marvel and it was wonderful to share this first button mash experience with y'all first one i am chase streetman and everyone needs to go listen to the deer hunter (laughs) they do do the deer hunter ea go listen you can also listen to deer hunter but the other one's more important yeah (laughs) all right Thank you for listening. We will see you later. See you. Bye-bye.